Hi and welcome everyone to the 50th episode of Serum Rocks. This is Marcus Alonson and today's podcast will be about the state of Dynamics 365 sales in 2017. And with me today I have one of my favorites, Jukka Neranen from Digital Illustrated. Jukka works as a CRM consultant at Digital Illustrated Finland and is a Microsoft MVP for business solutions. He has 10 years plus of experience f- from Dynamic CRM and has been writing his surviving CRM blog ever since the days of CRM version 3. Welcome back, Jukka Niranen, for the fourth time. Thank you, Marcus. Thanks for having me. Great to be back on CRM Rocks. Yeah, it's a pleasure to having you. So it's it's been a long coming since uh, version 3. So very true, yeah. We've lost a lot of things on the way, including the term CRM now, but we've gained a whole lot more, so it's been quite a ride. Yeah, and, and CRM is all about managing a, a good customer relationship. So what is a good customer relationship for you? If we think about so really the whole discussions around now the, uh, the CRM as a uh, software brand being removed from the market offering, then uh, I think that's, uh, in a way, it's a positive move for this because uh, this really now then uh, kind of sets a bigger uh, boundary with the fact of what's the kind of the operational side of things, uh, how you manage your uh, customer master data or sales pipelines, and then what the true business strategy of CRM is for your organization. And uh, I mean, uh, we've both been working in the field of CRM for quite a long time, and uh, I'm I'm sure that we've seen... uh, some good examples and bad examples of uh, how organizations then uh, interpret CRM. And uh, uh, I'd say that, I mean, it's never really been, the success has never been about applications. So uh, uh, it's really a, a kind of a customer-centric way of working that needs to be the foundation on top of which you then start building your uh, business applications and your integrated systems for then uh, kind of running your operational processes. So uh, kind of uh, keeping those two things separate. Now, even in the terminology, when there's no more Dynamics CRM, there's only the uh, Dynamics 365 platform. I think that's a, uh, uh, it makes sense to like uh, separate the two and like uh, kind of give give CRM back the uh, kind of role as a business strategy and uh, not confuse it with the, the uh, all the great applications that we have available for us now from the cloud to like uh, kind of uh, build those uh, processes for managing the customer relationships and building great customer experiences. What do you feel about they are removing these CRM terms? I mean, you have your surviving CRM, but... Mm -hmm. (laughs) And you have your CRM rocks. Yeah, and I have my CRM rocks now. So how do you feel about them changing this? I think it's a logical progression. I mean, if we really look at what the uh, the applications are today, then uh, uh, I mean, sure, they are very, they're even more kind of critical for your uh, successful uh, CM strategy than ever. But uh, really, the uh, kind of capabilities with all the new uh, cloud services they've broadened the scope to such an extent that uh, you cannot really kind of uh, approach it with the same kind of mentality anymore as you would have back in the days when you acquired uh, Dynamics CRM server software and installed it on your server machines and then uh, kind of uh, pushed all your uh, 
kind of contributors in there and started doing CRM. So uh, it's a, uh, I think it gives in a way even more value to the kind of uh, the the bigger picture of uh, what you can do with the the Microsoft stack for uh, business solutions. And uh, if you look at what uh, what Microsoft did with the uh, the Office side, the uh, Office 365 offering, I mean, uh, it's been a uh, huge success the way that they they kind of managed to put it into a uh, a commercial offering that's uh, more than the sum of its parts. So I'm really expecting to see, see lots of uh, positive things coming out from this uh, the new uh, commercial direction that Microsoft is now taking with also the the Dynamics 365 offering instead of the old uh, separate uh, CRM and ERP and and all the other applications as uh, kind of a uh, uh, separate applications rather than a uh, kind of a single platform for you to build your business on. So they're trying to signal that CRM is entering the this cloud era where the power of the cloud is going to empower dynamics from now on. Yeah, I mean, if we uh, look at the... Uh the true commercial offering there for Dynamics 365, then uh, it's of course all about the cloud. And uh, I said maybe that one of the uh, issues I have with the the changes in the branding is that they also then chose to rename the uh, the on-prem application as Dynamics 365 as well, even though that really hasn't uh, gained almost any of the uh, the features or the uh, kind of uh, integrations or services that you get with the with the cloud platforms, so uh, that's really a, maybe a, kind of a uh, not a decision that I would have uh, expected them to make. But then, of course, if they are really serious about then kind of uh, stopping the use of the term CRM, then uh, it makes sense that they're not then shipping a, a CRM application server to the on-prem customers either. So, uh, in a way, I understand it, but uh, really, I mean. Uh, now more than ever, there's uh, very little reasons for anyone to consider anything else but the cloud version or the true Dynamics 365 service if they are serious about building a, a, a business application platform for managing their uh, their internal processes and then also increasingly the uh, the customer-facing uh, processes that really uh, kind of define the whole customer experience, how companies interact with their customers, because uh, in order for you to be kind of uh, be able to reach out there, then uh, you just cannot build that on top of your own own servers or, I mean, third-party hosting uh, environments. I mean, it has to be a a single platform. And uh, I'm sure that I mean now now that we've kind of uh, done the commercial transitioning with the licensing models and all, all the branding, then uh, there's going to be even a faster rollout of uh, new innovations that from Microsoft that will then kind of showcase that what they can do when they kind of uh, integrate their uh, all their uh, kind of uh, cloud services and uh, data sources and machine learning and all these other capabilities in, into a uh, kind of a packaged uh, service rather than a uh, a single application or, or a single server. What about my XRM application or the XRM terminology then? Well, the way I see it is that now then we are kind of not allowed to use the term CRM anymore for at least for Dynamics CRM as an application, then I think XRM really is, uh, it hasn't uh, 
faded away, but it's rather more in the forefront than ever before. And I'd kind of like to use the uh, term XRM now to kind of describe the uh, what used to be the uh, the dynamic steering part of the uh, 365 uh, uh, service, because uh, the fact of the matter is that it's all built on that, and it's still there, but now there's kind of no uh, official term anymore for like distinguishing between the uh, the old CRM side and the new ERP side. So uh, I think XRM is the uh, it's the technical term that uh, I mean probably the uh, the product teams also internally are using when they are kind of building these uh, platform features. So uh, I see it as a kind of a validation of the uh, the whole. Uh, XRM approach that uh, now uh, basically all of the new applications that we are getting from Microsoft on this kind of the uh, the customer engagement side, all of those are built as XRM solutions, and uh, even many of the uh, the new core features that we have in the uh, application, uh, they also uh, built uh, built as solutions, the kind of uh, packages that in theory. Uh, also, the partners could be uh, constructing themselves with the same same kind of uh, toolkit that XRM offers. So uh, I kind of see that it's even though people may not, not be talking about XRM that much anymore, then uh, the uh, the role of that platform is still very very central in the uh, in the uh, grand scheme of things. How Microsoft is looking at the uh, the way how they will then build out new applications for their customers and reach uh, new target groups. Okay, so again then, this is a sort of a marketing change that they don't use the terminology XRM, but they use the platform terminology instead, and then technically use that platform to do what, using the APIs and doing awesome stuff with that. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, of course, part of it is... Uh, this uh, the product marketing story, and of course, wanting to have a uh, a n- new name for something that really is a uh, a new op- offering and separating it from the kind of uh, the historical, let's say, boundaries of uh, of CRM. Uh, but then um, I'm kind of seeing also that uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, uh, the innovation that they need to really be. Uh, Pushing out from the uh, from the Azure side of the house, where uh, where where now the uh, now also the uh, Dynamics uh, products are part of the same same group led by Scott Guthrie. So uh, it's uh, really becoming such a uh, kind of a uh, uh, central dis- display window for them to like present that what you can really then uh, how you can put those uh, Azure technologies into work. I mean, what you can. Uh, get from those services because uh, at the end of the day uh, still uh, the uh, kind of uh, the target audience for Dynamics 365 is uh, going to be very strictly on the uh, on the business side of things so the business decision makers are the ones who will probably uh, see the value of like uh, having a a modern uh, stack with these uh, kind of prepackaged applications that Microsoft is delivering for uh, things like uh, field service or upcoming uh, uh, portal packages like for event management, all these kinds of scenarios that they see now that Microsoft is building the uh, kind of in-house solutions for those already and they are a part of the the uh, 
subscription that you uh, you get them for the kind of same price uh, that you pay for the the core uh, sort of uh, X serum functionality there. So uh, it's uh, kind of a uh, I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't sell XRM to that kind of an audience. Uh, so uh, I see that's. Uh, also, Microsoft is probably trying to step up their game on that sense and like not be so much just selling to the IT, but also then building a good story for the uh, for the business uh, decision makers to kind of buy into the uh, the idea of this new platform. So Scott Guffrey, he's the head of Azure, and that is the technical platform and the cloud for Microsoft that is always running on. And for me, as you said, it is a bit of twofold that they're powering CRM or Dynamics 365 sales with this okay we can do the predictive analytics so you can uh, predict things that uh, try to predict things that going to happen in the future and then the 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 power uh, BI what did actually happen so they're using all of their offerings to make a great end product so the CEO or the high level can 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 buy that yeah i believe that's really is the uh, well i mean such an adela also uh, has uh, uh, said that i mean they are now mainstreaming dynamics as a product so taking it kind of away from the old business solutions uh, silo in a way in that organization and now when they are part of the same cloud enterprise unit there then uh, it's really gonna also give them uh, resources for doing a lot have a lot more impact with the uh, the uh, the core marketing organization that uh, Microsoft is running rather than doing their own own uh, channel management and uh, campaigning and so on so of course there's going to be some uh, probably some hurdles still to go over for partners and even with customers when, when this transitioning is now still underway so uh, i mean we, we've only seen now the kind of launching of the new product name and the new licensing model but uh, in terms of the kind of new uh, application functionality or platform functionality i think we uh, we're kind of now to starting to enter the first previews of uh, what uh, truly novel things you can do with this uh, combination of Dynamics and Azure. So uh, the uh, the long-term target uh, is, uh, without a doubt, is uh, in making it a, a true uh, intelligence system in the way that it uh, provides the, the users with uh, not just the back the same history data that they enter about the their uh, discussion with contacts and email tracking, but rather than uh, turning that data into something that, uh, I mean, tells people insights that they couldn't achieve by any other means. So uh, it's a, a really a lot bigger machine that they, I'm sure, are, are aiming to build with the, with this combination. And uh, as mentioned, I mean, it would be something that uh, no one else can really build. Rather than the the service provider who has all those different uh, areas under their in their portfolios, so uh, uh, so now it's uh, I'd say that of course the uh, if we think about the XM platform, then uh, none of the 
extensive capabilities have been removed there. Instead, we are getting more uh, easier to adopt uh, APIs uh, by things like the common data service. So it's going to lower the uh, barrier probably for many of uh, also other service providers to like uh, tap into that ecosystem uh, with their offering. But uh, then the truly kind of uh, innovative, the hardcore stuff this is probably going to happen with the inside Microsoft's uh, labs where they can combine the not just the uh, applications but also then the algorithms and the most importantly the data that their customers are using I mean they you need some uh, raw materials for those machines to actually learn something so uh, that's why it's of course a a very uh, kind of uh, critical for them to like uh, then get everybody to uh, invest as much of their data into the uh, common platforms where they can then apply these their algorithms and uh, make use of the data. So if we look at the Dynamics 365, well, what kind of, what parts are there more than sales? The whole kind of XCRM portfolio was now breaking down into the separate uh, app licenses. So uh, of course, sales is probably where most of the usage of traditional CRM systems has been, but then uh, the uh, the customer service, the traditional part of it, of course, is is also a very central part in this uh, when uh, kind of trying to deliver uh, better customer experiences for existing customers with their support needs. So uh, that's still there as a uh, kind of a traditional central part of it. But uh, then we have seen the uh, the recent uh, kind of uh, enhancements to more uh, more focused scenarios around uh, field service and product service. So uh, those are then, uh, I say they're in a way also almost kind of a uh, borderline between the uh, the traditional CRM and ERP. So they're kind of more like a almost a, a service ERP. So if you are not really shipping maybe anything from your warehouses, but you are delivering consulting services then in theory the the project service application could be uh, could cover lots of your kind of resource planning needs uh, with the current capabilities that it has there so uh, that's definitely been an extension to the to the uh, traditional application features compared to a couple of years ago when it was still only only kind of like the sales service and marketing side of things coming with with the, the dynamic serum application and then we have the financials that was formerly called the Madeira project and operations that was AX before. And then we have social marketing. Is that a, a called something on its own? The thing really that is also maybe causing some confusion there out, out on the markets, not just the kind of renaming at the uh, new app licenses but the fact that so we've only now seen the the uh, the enterprise uh, plans being launched there but not the uh, not the versions yet that are going to be targeted for the uh, the smaller or smb side of the market so the the business edition so that's uh, something that well i mean the uh, the madeira part so the uh, old uh, or the nav based erp offering is is part of that but uh then uh, we already know that there's going to be uh, XRM-based applications that are going to be offered for that uh, SMB segment, 
via the business edition, but uh, those do not exist yet at this moment. So uh, they've been uh, kind of the uh, they've announced the licensing model, but they haven't shown the apps yet on that side of the side of the house. So uh, we're probably you know, going to be seeing lots of this kind of uh, gradual rollout of these applications over the next over this year and maybe even the next one before we can actually see that maybe how this uh, how the new components then settle down so what kind of uh, really core applications we have there and uh, also what will be the kind of uh, true target markets for those uh, different alternatives because uh, that's probably also something that uh, many of the existing customers and also partners may be kind of a bit hesitant about what's going to be the the light version the uh, the business edition how's that going to be then different from the uh, enterprise edition that's kind of represents the traditional external capabilities but uh, I'm also I mean I'm sure that there's going to be some well there has to be some limitations on what you can then get with the uh, with a smaller price from the uh, business edition but uh, at the same time I'm kind of also feel that uh, uh, because the uh, the main kind of enterprise uh, product portfolio has grown into such huge proportions these days that uh, many of the current customers they would be better off with something that's a bit more simplified because uh, if you really start uh, looking at all the applications that you can can get with that uh, with the enterprise plan then uh, the uh, it's not a matter of uh, uh, affording the licenses but rather having the uh, having the uh, the people and processes in place for actually rolling those out into your uh, into part of your operational business so uh, I think that's also it's a welcome step for them to uh, kind of uh, differentiate these offerings a bit and also try and introduce something that isn't uh, so huge as the uh, the current uh, full stack of uh, the enterprise XRMEs. Okay, so before we go any further, I would like to say that this CRM Rocks podcast is brought to you by CRM UD, the global dynamic CRM user group with over 7,000 organizations and 80 local chapters worldwide. Hundreds of new and static virtual learning opportunities, including networking in a true peer-to-peer for user-by-user environment. Connect, learn and share with other Dynamics 365 and CRM users like you at CRMUG.com. And this April 4th to 6th, 2017, CRMUG Summit EMEA will be in Amsterdam. Join us at summitemea.com see you there so before we we did go through this other apps here you talked a little bit about this common data service or the common data model as it was called before so can you talk to me a little bit about what it is and perhaps why i should even care about it sure so uh that's really been a very uh interesting uh well a completely new component that was launched now now in the fall uh, and uh, the uh, how it's been now positioned as part of the uh, dynamics 365 solution is that uh, the uh, common data service cds for short that really uh, is going to be the 
the fabric that connects the the serum side and the ERP side together, and then also opens it up to to other uh, applications uh, to consume the data from those uh, uh, business applications in in an easier way than uh, it would uh, require for for these uh, maybe third party service providers to uh, learn the uh, APIs of XRM or or even the uh, kind of the old AX side of things. So uh, it, I think it has a very strategic role there in that uh, stack. But uh, right now we haven't really uh, uh, seen the kind of uh, out of the box integration from Microsoft yet that would be integrating then Dynamics 365 sales with operations, for example. So uh, uh, that's again something that's uh, it's not yet even in preview. We don't really uh, have that uh, full architecture yet for what kind of uh, packaged integrations th there will be offered via CDS. So uh, at the moment, I'm also kind of it's been launched more from the uh, from the Power App side of things. Uh, this uh, whole CDS capabilities, and uh, I believe that is going to be pretty important for for those use cases where people will want to uh, quickly build a, uh, a simple power app for uh, mobile scenarios and bring in some data from from the uh, sales app, for example, and then allow simple creation updates for those records. So uh, there really needs to be something there uh, in between because uh, we've seen that, uh, uh, I mean, uh, these uh, native uh, uh, data types like lookups or option sets. I mean, they they are never easy for for this kind of uh, lightweight integrations to actually handle in a way that would then uh, wouldn't impose any limitations for users to work with their data. So uh, I believe that that's or I'm expecting it to be CDS to be the way how they how Microsoft will then solve some of these issues and make it uh, kind of uh, deliver on the promise of Power Apps. And uh, and apps like or solutions like Flow, for example. So building these, uh, let's say, uh, lightweight uh, ad hoc integrations between uh, different cloud apps, be it from Microsoft or for from third parties. So uh, I believe that it will be that kind of a layer which will then make it easier for for uh, users and applications to like drill into the the world of dynamics without having to really uh, worry about all the business logic that it would be then involved there if you directly integrate with with the uh, the XRM platform for example okay so you could say that with an older terminology it's it's something like the biz talk that we used to have on premise that you can subscribe to changes for customers and then perhaps you can publish your own changes for customers and other application can then get the updates and everyone have the same version of the customer at their site. Well, it's going to be now interesting to see what's the, really going to be the positioning of the, those applications because uh, if you think about, for example, uh, Flow, uh, uh, the service that you can use for quickly... Uh, uh, building rules that, for example, when you get an email to your Outlook, if it contains some term, then create a uh, CRM lead from it. Those kind of uh, 
end user or power user automations, then uh, that's a uh, again it's a flow is a simplification of the the underlying logic apps uh, functionality that also is built on the the kind of uh, common Azure technologies there. So uh, now whether the uh, CDS offering is going to be targeted towards these kind of uh, those power user scenarios or will that also then serve as the kind of uh, the uh, official enterprise uh, integration path into uh, uh, the XRM and the ERP apps there that remains to be seen so uh, it's uh, it could go either way I mean they may, may as well then uh, deliver two different alternatives for these scenarios so replacing the kind of old Vstock uh, method of integrating with the uh, the Azure Logic App capabilities and then also keeping this more <coughs> simplified layer of uh, the uh, integration logic on the uh, side of uh, uh, CDS available for those who are not like doing very tightly coupled applications but rather just using some parts of data here and there and stringing to the, together these uh, uh, new workflows that then span across different applications. So this flows is a bit of if this then that but it's just so it's promised to be very powerful and and let's see what will happen then. Okay, so moving forward here. So we we brushed through the through the other parts or apps that we discussed here. So this customer service, this is not part of sales then. No, at the moment it's now uh, two separate uh, applications and that's in a way, it's a bit funny to like uh, put such a barrier there in between those uh, uh, those features that used to be uh, existing side by side there with the traditional Dynamics Serum implementations. So uh, many companies who might have primarily deployed uh, Dynamics Serum for managing their sales processes and opportunities and leads, quite often they still also use some of the uh, the uh, service uh, features for case management for things like uh, support tickets or or claims or these kind of scenarios so now the fact that they are separated into into two applications uh, may feel a bit artificial at times but uh, then when we remember the fact that uh, if you look at the pricing of those uh, individual applications versus then the the full plans for the enterprise uh, edition then the in any uh, in any bigger organizations the uh, difference between the uh, having a, a single app or having in the plan is going to be very small if it ever exists in the price so uh, probably the uh, I see that the application uh, packaging is more of a way for Microsoft to like uh, uh, demonstrate the the value that's uh, included there in the whole whole stack there and then uh, build, provide a kind of a comparison of okay if you just take these single apps then sure we we do allow it but you're going to be missing out on so much of the uh, benefits that you could have if you go with the the full plan to license all the parts of the application so uh, I think that's a uh, that's kind of uh, how I, I see the role of these uh, 
two separate apps for sales and service. Uh, so they they haven't really breaking down any features between those uh, two uh, two areas of the application, but uh, not just commercially, they are separate subscriptions that you can purchase if you only want one or the other. But if I still want my customer overview before I enter the very important customer meeting, I can still see, okay, what's the top five opportunities open, the top, the, the five latest uh, service or incidents that we had with them and the five latest uh, invoices that we sent to them. I can still get a view like this. Yes, you can get it, and that's a great another, I mean, a great extension in the licensing model now because uh, the uh, reading rights for the data have become really cheap to acquire because of the uh, new team member licensing. So uh, even uh, users that uh, wouldn't really be uh, themselves uh, entering much data into CRM. Uh, uh, or maintaining the records there. If they just need to know that what's going on there, uh, then uh, with the uh, very cheap team member license, you can then gain access to all of the contents of the application. And the really strategic part there is that it, if you are using both the uh, the external side and the ERP side, then the the same license covers the uh, viewing rights for uh, across the whole stack there and. Uh, that's been uh, traditionally an area where if you have uh, an ERP solution from some provider and CRM from another vendor, then uh, the uh, you'll easily end up in a situation where you have to like license both applications just to be able to like combine a a report or a, a view or dashboard of the uh, things that are going on around the customer from the sales side and from the uh, financials and all those sources. But uh, now, uh, when you can then acquire this license that basically covers uh, all the different uh, applications where you will be handling this kind of uh, customer-related information, then uh, that can potentially be a, a very, uh, very compelling offering, of course, presuming that you are ready to take all the or these applications into the Microsoft Cloud. So uh, I'm kind of... Uh, I'd, I would say that surely it will take a bit longer time on the ERP side to make this uh, transition to the cloud happen. We've seen it happen quite a lot in the CRM side already, so all of the uh, smaller uh, organizations at least are going to the cloud by default, and unless you have a very good reason for keeping the uh, customer data on-premises because of some legislation or things like that, then uh, I mean, even big customers are tend to be defaulting with the cloud option these days based on our experiences. So uh, whether it's going to be then uh, as fast for them to also put their ERP systems there, well, I'm not really uh, kind of uh, counting on that to happen as fast, but uh, I'm sure that the uh, with the licensing model now out there, then that's going to make, make many uh, customers... Uh, reconsider maybe their roadmaps about where they are developing then their applications or should they rather invest now to put them all all in the cloud and then enjoying the benefits of the of the new licensing model as well as of course all the other connectivity capabilities that Dynamics 365 can 
can offer for them. Yeah, and, and formally I thought that the dynamic CRM marketing-wise from Microsoft was a little bit on the backside. They weren't marketing as, as well, but nowadays it's it's first out for the Dynamics 365 offering and they're basically just saying, okay, this is the way to go. This is the way to do it. So I think that's that's really good for for me who has been working and for you who's been working for C- with CRM for a long time. Yeah, I think the uh, attention that uh, this uh, new approach is uh, getting is uh, it, it overweights the uh, the maybe some of the challenges that the changes in the in the licensing model may impose on some customers. And uh, I mean, in generally speaking, the uh, the prices of the application uh, subscription haven't been going down. They've been going up for many customers, but at the same time, the kind of coverage of what you can get with that price has been growing a lot faster. So uh, I kind of also welcome that kind of approach that we are now kind of uh, officially entering the, the big league. So uh, it's no longer considered to be the kind of a uh, an SMB offering like Dynamics Serum used to be. I mean, 10 years ago, when it initially was brought out in, into our markets, then it wasn't really competing with the with the true enterprise solutions. But now, I mean, it's it's uh, it's almost leading the game there. If you look at the whole big picture of what they can do when combining dynamics with with the Azure capabilities. And what's happening with marketing? I mean, Microsoft had. Microsoft Dynamics Marketing, and then this last summer they they talked about okay Adobe Marketing Cloud is going to use Azure and that's going to be the preferred marketing option. So, what's happening? Yeah, that's an interesting saga. How will how will Microsoft uh, deal with the uh, the needs for the uh, the marketing solutions? So uh, it's been. Uh, been an interesting ride if we think about what they uh, what they initially did with the acquiring marketing pilots and then uh, turning that into the uh, times marketing solution that was then available for a, a brief period of time if you look at the uh, history so uh, I think that it's uh, again I mean uh, the fact that they chose to not do it the external way uh, instead of maintaining a separate application that kind of just looked like Dynamics CRM but still wasn't a, using the same database and wasn't really that well integrated with many of the kind of details about uh, what you could be uh, collecting the data from the interaction of the of the customers from those campaigns. I think that probably was a, uh, a mistake to, for them to choose that path and uh, then... Uh, once they kind of uh, left it out as a separate sol- solution as direct marketing and kind of aimed for the the enterprise market there, then uh, the uh, the competition uh, really was probably t- too strong for them, uh, contrasting with the with the level of investment that they made for the applications. So uh, they weren't really ever in a position to actually then build that out into a a competitor for Adobe. So. In that sense, uh, it uh, it sounds like a uh, 
well, almost like a win-win scenario then for making the deal with Adobe for kind of promoting their marketing cloud as the the preferred solution there, and then at the same time uh, winding down their own offering at least as as Dynamics Marketing as the separate MDM application. But uh, you know, I'm uh, still thinking that it's uh, probably the, the partnership that uh, Satya made with uh, with Adobe. Then it wasn't really. I don't think marketing uh, cloud was really such a central component of that, but rather just a uh, kind of a nice addition to the story, because the uh, real money for Microsoft uh, is in getting Adobe to uh, move their uh, their cloud applications on top of Azure and uh, kind of build out that those uh, those integrations and commercial deals for using the. Uh, uh, Azure resources and services, that's going to be a bigger win for them than uh, making a deal with uh, on the kind of presenting marketing cloud now as the preferred solution over their old MDM offering. Yeah, so you would recommend if I have clicked the mentions Marketo or HubSpot, just stick with that until further notice? Yeah, right now we don't really have... Uh, very much information about uh, what and when will uh, Adobe Marketing Cloud integrate with Dynamics 365. And also then uh, we know for a fact that there's going to be a a new marketing application coming from Microsoft as well. And uh, it's now planned to be released as part of the, the business edition. So they are not targeting that for the enterprise market at, at this moment, but instead they are now building the uh, the XRM-based uh, marketing application that uh, many surely think that they should have uh, done right from the start. So they are kind of taking the uh, click dimensions way and now building a similar set of features uh, with, for their in-house application. And uh, again, I mean, the timelines for when that's going to be available and what kind of features it will it contain, those are fairly vague at this moment. So. Uh, any customers who are then looking for a solution that they need to be using right now, then those, I don't think that uh, Adobe or all this upcoming application are yet a uh, uh, reason to not deploy some uh, other partner solutions at the moment. But uh, then if we look at the kind of uh, longer term, then uh, I'd be I'd be very surprised if uh, the strategy for Microsoft would be to kind of uh, uh, play down on the marketing side and not trying to then uh, develop an offering that would be uh, could challenge the uh, the bigger marketing automation players out there. So I think they're just kind of uh, in a way repeating the uh, taking a, a page from the same playbook that they used for Dynamics Serum initially. So going for the uh, lower end at first, building the the basic. Uh, platform functionality there, and then uh, increasing the capabilities over time, bringing in more and more parts that they can combine from their uh, service portfolio there. Because, uh, well, if you look at uh, the, uh, the new new features that we've now seen on the uh, latest uh, Dynamics 365 uh, application version as a preview, the relationship insights part, Already there, we see that they have now uh, built their uh, 
own uh, tracking services for uh, measuring the uh, email opens and link clicks and uh, uh, attachment downloads and video views and these kind of uh, metrics. So that's already been packaged in there for the kind of uh, for the sales acceleration scenarios. And uh, of course, it's uh, in, in practice the technology that they use there was going to be the same thing that they can also then apply for their for their external based marketing application in the future. So uh, they probably don't uh, yet have the uh, and the credibility for going uh, against the uh, the bigger established players out there, but uh, if they can build a foundation now and then start to integrate, then all the other analytical uh, capabilities that they have from Azure and all the reporting and other insights in there, then I mean that could then of course be a uh, uh, the next level of marketing automation or marketing uh, system that they they then build out as, as a result of. Uh, now starting on that XRM path together with the the magic that they can get from Azure. Yeah, I just think that they, maybe they're too late and someone like Click Dimensions have 10 years, perhaps not 10 years, but a couple of years ahead of them and they probably can do almost the same things using Azure themselves and packaging it into click dimension and presenting that in in their product already yeah i mean uh, it, as mentioned probably the uh, i don't know what was really then the uh, kind of uh, the true reason why the uh, the marketing pilot acquisition was then made instead of something that uh, would have been done by following the uh, kind of uh, the model that we saw already with the first core motives and then click dimensions doing a uh, going all in with XRM. I mean, uh, surely they would have been in the best position to actually take that route. But uh, yeah, I mean, things turned out the way they did and now they've they paid a price for it by uh, missing out on uh, a large share of the the budgets that the CMOs now have for the, the marketing technologies to spend but uh, I mean looking at the, then the uh, longer term uh, I'm pretty sure that uh, there will be changes in the uh, in the market for who's going to be the leading player out there and then what kind of uh, what kind of technologies are really going to be the key criteria then for building a, a winning package for for the marketing platform in 2020 for example so uh, as I said, I don't think they are going to be, or they they cannot uh, really give up on that path. Of course, they want to be the uh, the kind of uh, the full stack offering that uh, covers all the the major yeah, uh, business processes that are uh, involved with uh, bidding out the uh, the whole customer engagement platform and managing the digital experiences. So. Combining the portals, combining all the uh, analytics, combining the Azure services, combining the uh, machine learning capabilities, then I mean, uh, if they can uh, kind of put those pieces in to get together and uh, uh, make it something that's bigger than just a, a sum of individual services, then I mean, that's really what I see as their their best way of best bet of uh, kind of how to win this in this marketing game. 
and perhaps it's as easy as they want that check that they support this feature when the gardener doing their evaluation is see who is the leader of the magic uh, magic uh, mm-hmm. uh, top right uh, corner yeah very true i mean you always have to be ticking the boxes even though you're not a, a leader in all the markets but you you just have to like match the competition there so they are, they have their eyes on salesforce surely for anything that they put out there so uh, it's a uh, yeah yeah i'm sure they haven't given up on that but they've got a long road ahead now to something that will then truly uh, kind of uh impact the strategy of how how dynamics 365 customers should be planning their uh, their marketing features at okay so they've had social listening for a while and then they turned that out to social engagement and that is sort of connected to marketing where where is that at today well yeah i mean uh, social engagement also is another acquisition from the same era so it was netbreeze that they bought pretty much at the same time as as marketing pilot and uh, of course uh, that has also been a non external application so the uh, the way that uh, the uh, the service integrates with the extra the uh, dynamic CRM application before it hasn't been really very seamless and uh, there's been some uh, challenges when i've been trying to think of ways how to really integrate that into a uh, a customer service scenario for example so uh, the uh, those uh, boundaries between different uh, application silos have been uh, fairly apparent there and uh, I see it as more in a kind of a supportive role right now for for the uh, for the times offering so uh, it's a uh, it's a valuable uh, tool to have there in your toolkit but it's not something where for example many consultants will be making a lot of money by uh, deploying that solution for their customers so it's it's in a way well, like they initially uh, brought it out as a as their strategy, they wanted to make show, social yet another, another channel for for CRM. So not treating it as a separate uh, separate application. And uh, well, we see that right now with with the kind of uh, licensing models. So it's really something that you get kind of as bonus rather than something that you would then need to study, specifically acquire as a uh, application to be licensed. So. Uh, that also kind of sets the expectation of users probably into not seeing it as a uh, maybe something as a an application of its own, but rather a kind of addition to what the what the sales and uh, marketing service apps in Dynamics 365 can then do. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm still kind of seeing that uh, it wasn't maybe. I don't think they have to kind of. Uh, do a, a similar move there as they did with uh, Dynamics Marketing because uh, at the end of the day, it's really uh, the fact is that it's uh, it's more of a a channel, a data source of its own rather than something that would necessarily need to be packaged into into the XRM platform. And uh, now we're going to think about the uh, the road ahead with uh, the. Uh, LinkedIn acquisition, then uh, there's probably going to be lots of scenarios where the the existing 
feature sets and services can be then put into use and uh, kind of uh, making the uh, making the value of that that MSE uh, platform more apparent for their their existing customer base. Yeah, and I would like that integrated with with my own serum. So if anyone is talking bad about Serum Rocks on LinkedIn or Twitter or some public channel, then I would like uh, some 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 case to be started here so I can act on that. Why would anyone be talking bad about Serum Rocks? I mean, come on. I don't know, but if they did, I I, w- I would like to know about it so I can do yeah. something about it. Yeah, and the thing is, I mean, uh, if we look look at uh, the social engagement, just one component there, and then combining the the sentiment analysis with with the Azure services and and all that. So, I mean, again, they have the right parts there, but they're just kind of missing the uh, the sort of a product or the application that would be something that you could then really take into use. So, uh, as I mentioned, LinkedIn, I think that's going to be really then a uh, uh, or it has to be a kind of a new era for Microsoft uh, because I don't think they they paid the huge price there just for kind of uh, getting access to the uh, kind of existing sales navigator apps that you can embed into your CRM applications. But uh, it's really been about uh, gaining a a huge uh, valuable uh, network data source that they can then uh, I mean build completely new services on top of something that would have never been possible if it was a, a separate company of its own. So uh, back when the uh, kind of the the trend with with the uh, new social CRM applications was uh, gaining momentum, then uh, many people were kind of basing their whole business on top of LinkedIn's uh, data model and their API. And then when LinkedIn decided to then uh, limited the access to only basically the two players in the market, Microsoft and Salesforce, then that effectively killed the whole uh, market for those new smaller social CRM applications. So uh, it kind of demonstrates the uh, the challenges of uh, if you are kind of uh, doing it by a partnership there and someone else is controlling the access to data, then uh, you can never really, really kind of uh, fully commit your services to be dependent on that uh, uh, data source. But uh, now when it's going to be then under the same rule, then uh, there's uh, no shadow of a doubt about those kind of scenarios. So I'm again very optimistic about uh, the the potential that LinkedIn will then have for the impact for for the uh, dynamic type of business applications in the future. I'm very positive as well. So it's looking as a bright future for a former CRM consultant like me and you. Mm-hmm. Do you have any links to get going? If you want to find out what I've been up to recently, then survivingcrm.com probably is the best landing page for you to go and see and find my social profiles from there and uh, the occasional blog posts. So haven't been doing so many writings during the past couple of months, taking a bit of a holiday in between but uh well as you've heard i mean there's so many things going on in the uh, in the dining sp- space that uh i'm not going to be running out of uh, topics to be presenting there in my blog in the future so definitely do visit that 
surviving.serum.com site occasionally and uh, give me a message on, on Twitter as, at uh, N at and uh, and share any links to me that you find interesting there and let's then get in touch. Yeah, so thank you for your participation in CM Rocks, Yuka. Thank you very much. And thanks to you for listening. And don't forget that I will publish every episode to Twitter and Facebook. Just search for it there and you will find it. See you next time on Serum Rocks.